All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Nolan Show. Good morning. It's 8.30 in the morning. Now that I am live in the mornings, I guess, for a little bit, we'll try it out. See how it goes. But the Mets won last night. Big win. Big win over the Milwaukee Brewers. This tie the series. David Peterson, six innings that the Mets absolutely needed. And the Mets are 22-3. and 22-3 and when their starter pitches at least six innings in 2023. An astronomical stat. It's all pitching. It's all pitching. You see it on the right side of my screen. We're going to be talking about Francisco Lindor heating up his last 10 games since he's had his new baby. He's been off the charts. Pete Alonzo, we're going to be talking about him hitting 220. He has 24 home runs, but he's also hitting 220, so we're going to get into him. We're also going to get into Jeff McSlump. He's been hitting less than 200 in the month of June. We're going to be talking about other guys who are slumping, like Giancarlo Stanton, Anthony Rizzo of the New York Yankees. We're going to be talking about the Yankees and the fact that they're just not the same team when they're missing Aaron Judge. I've said it multiple times before, but now it's really showing, especially with Rizzo continuing to struggle. Giancarlo Stanton continuing to struggle. So the Yankees, they really need, they need something. They need something that's not Aaron Judge because Aaron Judge is not available we're going to talk about that, but let's get right into it right away. The New York Mets, seven to nothing. Well, was it seven to nothing or was it seven to one? I totally forgot off the top of my head. Seven to nothing victory. Seven to two victory over the Milwaukee Brewers last night. Big time pitching from David Peterson. Uh, it's what they needed, only five hits allowed. And then you look at the offensive side, it's coming out. Brandon Nimmo, 10 home runs already. Francisco Lindor. 16 home runs already. Lindor could possibly have a 30 home run season. And, you know, I he has struggled so much. I mean, you even look at his batting average. It's still at a 226. By no means is Francisco Lindor is by no means is Francisco Lindor having a good year. No, no, he is not. But the last 10 games, he is showing you that he can turn it around. But the Mets need more than just this offense to just get things going. They need that pitching. You saw David Peterson go six strong innings. You know that Anthony DeComo put out that tweet last night. Mets are 22-3 and three when they when they have a pitcher go six innings. It's actually so frustrating because you. I was in the space last night with Top Bunk Sports. Shout out Top Bunk. We were talking about the fact that Nimmo, Lindor, and Alonzo, these three guys... Nimmo could possibly hit 20-plus home runs for the first time in his entire career. Francisco Lindor could hit 30-plus home runs potentially for the first time as a New York Met. And Pete Alonzo might go 45-plus, potentially 50-plus. He's at 24 right now, even though he's batting 220. Again, talk about that. But if you're telling me Nimmo goes over 20, Lindor goes over 30, and Alonzo goes over 45 and the Mets don't miss the playoffs, I'd say you're out of your mind. And I get their bad and average are terrible, but they should still be above 500 based on what their record says when a starter goes six plus innings, 22 and three. And when they score six plus runs, what are they now? 18 and 16. So this New York Mets squad, they need to turn things around. Could they still make the postseason? Could the New York Mets still make the postseason? I guess that's the question I'm going to pose is because is it possible? 
we are way too far behind. At, we're not catching the Atlanta Braves. I think every Mets fan knows that it's wild card or bust. It's wild card or we don't make this postseason. We are not taking the division away from the Atlanta Braves. We are just we're we're buried. We're buried right now. The Mets are how many games? They're eight and a half games back of that third wild card spot. The LA Dodgers hold that third wild card spot. So listen, eight and a half back at this point in the season. It's it's not early. It's not early. The all-star break is right here. It's coming up. It's coming up. A few weeks away. We're going to be midway through the season. And the Mets need to cut that eight and a half down to like four. And that's hard, but they need they need a win streak, dude. This New York Mets team, they need a win streak badly. And I'm not talking about like a five-game or a six-game winning streak. They need a 10 to 15-game winning streak. Or they need a run where they go like 25 and 5, 30 and 10. They need something like that to save this season and put themselves right back in the wild card hunt because it's still possible. It's very possible, and it's not like this team sucks. This team has Francisco Lindor. It has Pete Alonzo, Brandon Nimmo, Jeff McNeil. It has Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Kodai Senga. It has David Robertson. It has Buck Showalter, one of the most prestigious managers in baseball. But he hasn't won a ring. So, I ask you this. Do you think the Mets could actually make the postseason right now? What is your answer today? And I know it flips back and forth. But right now, I'm saying this team has a shot. It has a shot. But if they lose tonight, then they don't got a shot. They just don't. In 2015, in the month of July, this team was below 500. I'm just going to put it out there. Now, I know in terms of the division and in terms, we probably wouldn't have made the wild card that year, I don't think. But division-wise, the Mets the Mets were able to do it because they didn't have the Atlanta Braves in 2015. They didn't have the Philadelphia Phillies or the Miami Marlins. This division is good. It's one of the best divisions in baseball. The Mets just need to play like they're supposed to. And they should make the playoffs. There's no doubt in my mind that this team can't go on a run. There isn't. But there's no confidence in me that... There's nothing that shows me that this team can go on a run. Now, what needs to just happen is the pitching. Because if Lindor continues this streak... I mean, Alonzo, I'm going to get into him a little bit later. 24 home runs, 220 bad and average. 220 is not cutting it, but 24 home runs. Nimmo, he's heating up again. He's been having the best year of his career. We just need this pitching. Scherzer gave us a great out in his last two starts. Verlander gave us an okay out in his last start. David Peterson shoved him with Kodai on the mound tonight. We need to see. We need Kodai to really have a good start. Kodai Senga, you know, going into this year, I was hyping him up. And he's not a, he's not a young kid. Can we stop talking about Kodai Senga as a young kid? 
He'll figure it out. Kodai is supposed to help us win. So far, Kodai Senga has been our best pitcher. Yes. But he still, I think, can do a little bit better. And I think a lot of Mets fans can say the same thing. They expected Kodai Senga to be lights out. The ghost fork ball was being hyped up like he was going to be the Cy Young. Not the Cy Young, but you know what I mean. One of the top pitchers in the National League. And he has that potential. You see games, uh, for example, when Kodai threw June 10th. He goes seven innings, only two hits allowed against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Or when he goes seven innings on May 30th against, who did he go? Uh, against the Philadelphia Phillies. Let's up no runs and one hit allowed. When you see that, you're like, Kodai Senga has Cy Young stuff. But then you see 2.2 innings on June 4th against the Toronto Blue Jays. And you're like, uh Like, we can't have that, guys. We can't have Kodai. Now, great. I know Kodai has been lights out, like I just said. And Kodai has been probably our best pitcher this year on paper. But at the same time, the inconsistencies are bad. Because when he's bad, he's bad. He is bad. And we can't have him, when he's off, be that off. Now, we saw, I'm not saying he has to be Jacob DeGrom, but I'm going to compare it because Mets fans know DeGrom. We remember DeGrom when he was off. When DeGrom was off and he was having a shaky night, he still went out there and battled. We can't have Kodai be off and not battle. We need him to still battle out there. Verlander the other night when he went five innings, he wasn't having his best stuff, but he still battled. He still made it work. So we're going to need to see a lot more from Kodai Senga. Um, I think tonight he is going to throw a gem. He's due for a gem. I mean, his last game, only five hits allowed. The walks have really been what killed him. So we really got to see what Kodai can do tonight. Um, But, yeah, let's switch it up over the Kodai train. But Lindor definitely has been showing great signs. Going to bounce off Lindor for a second and get into who. Let's play a little game of who's hot, who's not. So Francisco Lindor is hot, but you know who's not? Jeff McNeil. 183 batting average in the month of June. And when Jeff McNeil isn't hitting over 300, he's basically useless because he has no pop. He doesn't drive in runs like Lindor or Alonzo can. He doesn't have the home run ball, obviously. Jeff McNeil's, uh, Jeff McNeil, his mantra is Jeff McHits. He's supposed to be a guy who just gets up there and gets on base and hits the ball all over the, all over the field. Find a way to get a hit. That's what McNeil does. And what McNeil has done this year, especially in the month of June, has he's found ways to get out. He hasn't looked like he hasn't looked like Jeff. And he wears it on his sleeve. He's a guy who looks like needs a potential mental break like Daniel Vogelback had. Because he's really wearing it on his sleeve. You could really show it. I mean, see it. Because he's showing it. And this is this is probably the worst month of his career. Easily. I don't recall Jeff McNeil playing this bad in his entire career. I mean, like I said, he's a former Baden champion. He's a guy who's hit 300-plus in multiple seasons with the Mets. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, most guys who hit 260, they're having a, they're having a, a blast. You know, they're talking about it as a good year. But Jeff McNeil, him hitting 260, that's bad. You're like, what's going on? And then you look at his batting average in June, and you're scratching your head. 
But this is what I'm talking about, though. The Mets got the guys. Because it's not like we... It's not like Jeff McNeil sucks. We all... And Met, every Met fan knows that Jeff McNeil does not suck. We know McNeil can hit 300-plus. We know McNeil is the former Baden champion. We know we need Jeff McNeil to get this team back on track and potentially make the postseason. They need Jeff McNeil. That's why they gave Jeff McNeil the five-year deal over the offseason. And any Mets fan that is claiming that they should trade Jeff McNeil, you're stupid. Why would we trade Jeff McNeil after having his worst month, his worst, his worst month, and it's the first year of a five-year deal? Why? Why? Now, I've been on the record for saying to blow it up, but when I said blow it up, I'm saying you trade everybody who's not in the core, and Jeff McNeil is part of that core. He's part of the core of Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, Edwin Diaz, Brett Beatty, Francisco Alvarez. He's part of that core. Kodai Senga is in that core as well now, too, after signing a five-year deal in the offseason. McNeil is part of that, though. You cannot get rid of McNeil. So every time I see someone say, let's get rid of McNeil, I'm like, you're out of your mind. His trade value right now is lower than it's ever been in his entire career. We all know 183 is not going to happen much longer. He He's going to get going soon. I mean, I'm not going to steal it from Buck, but I'm going to. The back of the baseball card says Jeff McNeil will get things going. We need to see him, though. We do. It needs to happen quick because we are running out of time. The Mets have like a week left. If they're 10 and a half back, 11 back in like a week, season's done. Season's done. They're eight and a half back of that third wild card spot right now. And if they want to get, they want to get a little bit closer before that all star break. Because obviously they're not going to get there during the All-Star break. But they want to get a little bit closer. Yeah, they're going to need Lindor to keep it going. Yeah, they're going to need Alonzo to get that batting average up. But they're also going to need the batting champion from last year to start hitting again. Because when Jeff McNeil does not hit 300, like I said before, he's just not useful to the New York Mets. He's not. He's the guy who's supposed to score and he's not getting on base. He's not getting on base. But let's talk about Pete, because I'm a little concerned about Pete hitting 220. I get 24 home runs and 55 RBIs, but he's having a Joey Gallo this year. He's having a, a Kyle Schwarber this year. He's having a Ryan Howard this year. And we all know Pete Alonso is not that type of guy. You look at Pete, Alon uh, Pete Alonso's career numbers. Last year, he hit 270, um, which I, it was actually a career high for him. But Pete Alonso is a guy who is a complete hitter. He's not just a slugger. You know, right now, if you're going to be a 220 guy that hits 40-plus bombs, you know, you're not you're not a superstar. You're just a really good player. And Pete Alonso isn't just a really good player. We all know Pete Alonso has that superstar potential. Pete Alonso has MVP potential, just like Francisco Lindor does. So when you're telling me Pete Alonso's hitting 220, I'm going to say he's having a down year. I love the 24 home runs, don't get me wrong, but we all know he can hit better than 220. Last year, he hit 271. In 2021, he hit 262. And in 2019, he hit 260. He's a guy who should be hitting above at least 255. 
at least 255. And that's me being kind. Because I, I see Pete Alonso as last year, you know, 270 plus. Now, I'm not saying every year for the rest of his career go 270 plus, but 260, I think we can set a bar for that at Pete Alonso. I mean, the year he's having is exactly the year that a Joey Gallo would have or a Kyle Schwarber, not a Pete Alonso. So we have to stop glamoring about Pete Alonso. I get all these home runs are great. But when you tell me he's hitting 220, it sucks. It sucks. Now, the 24 home runs, yes, they are useful. And last year, he did lead the league in RBIs, 131. So, And right now, he only has 55. Do we see him getting to 130, hitting 220? Do we? He's probably going to get over 100 plus, but 131? He had 131 batting 270. You know, he had 120 RBIs in his rookie season batting 260. I'm not saying he has to hit 300 or 275. Just hit 255 plus. This year, I think it's going to be a bit harder because now at this point in the season with the 220 batting average with the amount of at-bats that he has, right now he's at a total of 264 at-bats. I mean, his next 200 at-bats, we'll see. He's uh, he could turn it around and hit above 300, but I don't see that happening. But he could finish the season above 245, 100%. And that would be much better, much better. Because we all know that Pete, the Pete Alonzo of 2022, we all would much rather take. And that Pete Alonzo only hit 40 home runs. And 40 home runs is a lot. 40 home runs is a lot. And he's 16 away from that already. And we're still not at the end of June. And he's 16 away from last year's. But he also hit 270 last, 271 last year. So we could say, yeah, he's having a career year in the home run category. But we all know that 2022 Pete Alonso was that much better. And it wasn't because he had more power. He probably had the same amount of power. He just distributed it all over, all over the ballpark. It wasn't just home runs that were extra base hits. They were doubles. We need to see that. We need to see more. Now, if that means a little bit of a home run dip, by all means, I don't mind. Because that means more RBIs. That means more production. That means less strikeouts. I mean, with runners in scoring position, Pete Alonzo this year. Let's get it real quick from Roto-Wire. I mean, yeah, when you look at with runners in scoring position, Pete Alonzo, of course, taking forever to load. But, yeah, 53 home runs in his rookie season. Rookie record, wow. That was something. When he broke Judge's record, like that's when you were like, oh, my God, Pete Alonzo might be better than Judge. But with runners in scoring position this year, Pete Alonzo's only hitting 266. Last year, he was hitting above two, I think above 290. Let me get it right now. 266 with runners in scoring position. With runners in scoring position in two outs, 278. His OPS in these situations, too, with runners in scoring position, his OPS is a 411. That's bad. That is bad. Wow. But, yeah, we just need, like, you know, you could tell me the home runs, and I get it. I love that he has 24 home runs right now. But the 220 bad and average needs to improve. And I don't want to hear that bad average. I'm going to say my tweet. Bad and average does still matter. 
It does. Because I'll, I'll tell you right here, one, the Minnesota Twins, the fact that they're first at 40 and 41 this year is just insane to me. 40 and 41, the only first place team with a terrible batting average. They're 24th in batting average. But the Atlanta Braves are in first place. They have they have the second best batting average in the entire MLB. Second best. The Cincinnati Reds, first place in the NL Central. They're 11th in batting average with a 255. I mean, they're not great. 42 and 38, only four games above 500, but 11th in batting average. That's a first place team right there. I mean, even the Miami Marlins as a second place team, they're 40, 46 and 34, much better than the Cincinnati Reds. And you know what their batting average is this year as a team? Their batting average is 262. They're sixth in the MLB in batting average. So batting average does matter for the Miami Marlins. Let's look at the, uh, who else do we want? Let's look at the Tampa Bay Rays. Ooh, that's another team having a great year. Tampa Bay Rays, they're batting average as a team this year. 264, fourth in the MLB. Their record, 54 and 28. Arizona Diamondbacks, 48 and 32 this year. They're first place in the NLS, having a great year. You know what they are in batting average? Third in the MLB, 265. The Mets were second in the MLB last year in batting average. Second. I get we're 22 and three when a starter goes six plus innings, but. The offense is also doing its part in this down year. It is. So. But let's get into the pitching because the pitching is the main problem and the pitching is what sucks. Um, Jeff McSlump, we already went over that. 22-3 and three when New York Mets pitching goes six-plus innings. Starters. Starters go six-plus innings. And, oh, we're only spending uh, how much on this pitching staff with Kodai Senga, Max Scherzer, and Justin Verlander combined? Oh, and Jose Quintana, who actually has made a couple rehab starts, finally. David Peterson, we don't need you to do what you did last night every single night, but I'm not opposed. And five-plus innings every night, every every six days from David Peterson. That's what we wanted. That's what we wanted. We don't even need the no runs allowed. That's just icing on the cake. We just need the innings, David. Quality starts, what you did last year. Same thing with Tyler McGill. They haven't done that. Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, they've pitched like aces. Yes, they have. But they've also pitched like scrubs, washed up scrubs. So you've seen the washed up scrubs part of them, and then you see the, you see the aces. They need to figure out and show Mets fans who they're going to be the rest of the year. Are they going to be Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander? Or are they going to be a completely different version and the older versions of Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. If we get those aces, then this season can completely get turned around and we can make a late season push for a wild card spot. But if Verlander and Max, they, if they don't kiss this season, goodbye. Cause yes, I said the hidden is doing its part, but if the pitching has just pitched to the back of the baseball card, then I think the Mets they're in that wild card hunt right now. I think the Mets, you could still potentially talk about them fighting for the division at the end of the year. But with the pitching performance at this point in the season, with the way that it's been, I mean, you basically buried them so much. Now, if the offense and the pitching 
both get going because they have both sucked at the same time for too long. But if they can both get going at the same time for the rest of the year, and that's what it takes. It takes the rest of the year. It's not just a two, three-week thing. No, it's the rest of the season. This this team needs to have a, a historic run. Eight and a half back at this point in the season. I know we're not at the All-Star break, but we're right there, and we're eight and a half back. Now, this team has the guys to pull off this run. This team has the stars that you need to get into the postseason to pull off something like this. Verlander, Scherzer, two first ballot Hall of Famers, Buck Showalter, former manager of the year, who we're going to be talking about in a bit, Pete Alonso, 53 home runs in his rookie year, Francisco Lindor, the four-time All-Star. You see him making sick plays left and right yesterday. Jeff McNeil, batting champion from last year. Brandon Nimmo, coming off that eight-year deal, having a career year already. Might hit 20-plus home runs. Starlin Marte, fan favorite. We all know he's capable of a lot more than what he's done so far. This team, David Robertson. I know no Edwin Diaz, but David Robertson, uh, Robertson Adam Adovino. Brooks Raley is okay, you know. I mean, he's not the best, but he's okay. And we might get Diaz back at the end of the year. And Billy Epler has said he does want to buy, and I'm scared. But Billy Epler says he does want to buy. He will sell, though. I think he made it clear by selling Escobar. But we need to see more. If the Mets want to be buyers at the deadline, they got to show us something. And if Diaz wants to come back, they got to show us something. Make it worthwhile. Make it worthwhile. I think the Mets would trade for Alexis Diaz too, his brother. And this, if I'm the Mets, I would trade for Alexis Diaz of the Cincinnati Reds. See, me, everybody loves the kids. Everybody loves these prospects, right? My question is, I want to. Oh, we got comments. Yo, yo, what's up? Thank you, CP. Make sure you check out CP and uh, Amish, Amish Country Mets fans. Uh, they got a new show, Interstate Mets Report. They debuted it last night. Went pretty, uh, went pretty well. You know, I was uh, I made the last twenty minutes of it just because I got out of work, and then I I had to rewind it. But they were talking about good, uh, some good stuff. They were talking about the Escobar trade. They were talking about the trade deadline coming up. They were talking about this team as a whole, the pitching struggles. Um, yeah, if you really want to, you know, you need a Mets podcast to listen to, the Interstate Mets Report. They got some good stuff coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks, so make sure you keep an eye out for those guys. Um, but, yeah, you know, this is a weird spot for the Mets to be in. Because you have the roster that can be in the postseason and potentially even fight for a World Series when they're there. They're a World Series contender if they're in the postseason. Let's just put it at that. So you want to buy because if you get into the playoffs, you can still change the whole entire narrative of this season. But should they think about trading for Lander and Scherzer? Should they do it? I don't know. I don't think so, but I'm also on the, I'm not opposed to it 
Because if we can get back some sick prospects for Verlander and Scherzer, by all means, let's do it. But if we're buyers at the deadline, I want to pose this to Mets fans. Ronnie Mauricio, Mark Vientos, Kevin Parada, and Brett Beatty for Shohei Otani. Whoa. And we all know what Otani did last night, three for three, 10 strikeouts. Now, is Otani the player that the Mets need? Maybe, I don't know. But that's just a question that I wanted to throw out there, get the guys going. But, um, no, yeah, it's really, if it does continue to spiral down and we are really out for the count, why not dish off Scherzer and Verlander? There was a rumor that came out yesterday that Scherzer's open to waiving his no-trade clause with the Mets to go to a contender. So it's already heating up. These rumors are already heating up. So wouldn't that be something? You sign Verlander. I mean, you sign Scherzer to come join Jacob deGrom. We call it ultimately the best duo that's ever going to pitch. They barely pitch. They win 101 games, but they barely pitch. And then DeGrom, the lifer, walks away after winning our only postseason game last year. Unfortunately, as Tommy John, got him right here. So that sucks. Oh, sorry. But, um, yeah, just the Mets are at a point in the season where they're, they're confused. You want to be buyers because this team, like I said, it has the, it has the potential to win a world series if they reach the postseason. But if they don't make the postseason, what's the point of having all these guys on the roster? What's the point of missing out on all the potential prospects that we could potentially bring in by offloading Max Scherzer, a future Hall of Famer, by offloading Justin Verlander, a future Hall of Famer. And these guys still do have value. It's not like people don't want pitching still. People value pitching, and people value Max Scherzer coming off of his two best starts of the season. People value Justin Verlander still after he just won a Cy Young last year. So people will give up their top prospects for these two guys. Same said for Starlin Marte. We can get back some good stuff for Starlin Marte, probably. But we can also pretend. Remember 2015 when we all thought we were done, too? And then what happened? Yoannis Cespedes rose up, and it was the summer of Cespedes in 2015. So we could have the, the uh, insane summer and go on an insane run. But they need to start showing it now. Let's talk about Buck Showalter. I've been talking about this team for a half hour. Buck Showalter... Is it time for a change? After that win last night, I'll give him a little bit of a leash. But listen, if we don't win a series this month, if we don't win this Milwaukee Brewers series, I think you need to seriously put this guy in the hot seat. 
Because what he says to the media, he doesn't hold players accountable publicly. The lineup decisions, holding out Francisco Alvarez, barely played Mark Vientos. His obsession with Daniel Vogelback before the mental health break. His obsession with uh, Eduardo Escobar when he was hitting 100. His stubbornness to sometimes change the lineup in certain areas. Bullpen decisions. I mean, we all know the bullpen decisions by Buck Showalter this year have been terrible. So, should Buck Showalter be on the hot sheet? Should the Mets think about firing Buck Showalter? I think he needs a little bit more time. Give him a week. Give him a week. If we don't win a series by, like, July 10th, my dad's birthday, we got to get Buck Showalter out of here. What's the point of having Buck Showalter on this team if we're not going to the postseason? What's the point? And do we see this team making the postseason with Buck Showalter? Because, honestly, I think this team has a better chance of making the postseason without Buck Showalter than with. And that hurts me to say. That pains me to say. And I want to be wrong. I really want to be wrong because I'm a huge Buck guy. I love Buck Showalter. But at the same time, you look like at his track record, he leaves teams. They end up doing pretty good after. And – he hasn't done one thing in his entire career. He's had great regular seasons, but he has not won the big one. He has not won the World Series. So until Buck Showalter can win that ring and put it on his finger, then I don't think I don't think the Mets should have him as his man. If, if we can't win a series by July 10th, this guy needs to go. Boom. Pixie dust. Fugazi. Fugazi, it does not exist. It's not freaking real. That's what the Atlanta Braves are. I wish they were Fugazi, but we we can't even say that. I'm going to take a quick break. Going to get into the Yankees, and then, uh, then yeah, I'm probably going to close it up because I got to go to work. So, break. And, you know, even after Otani, you know, what do you think? What do you think about Steve Cohen as a whole? Like, you think this guy, what do you think he did for this Mets franchise so far? Yeah, I think starting with the first half of the question, Otani's certainly on the table. Um, uh, the biggest barrier in the Mets' way from them landing him isn't dollars, but it really is just preference. Um, if Otani still has the same preference that he had uh, entering the MLB, which is West Coast, then the likelihood of him landing with the Mets isn't as strong as, say, the Dodgers, who, while the Dodgers might not be able to put up the highest dollar uh, for Otani the way that the Mets would, it wouldn't be shocking if Otani, say, took a slight pay cut from the Dodgers versus what the Mets offer would be. They weren't drastically different to stay in L.A., that area, to be with the Dodgers and be on a championship-winning type organization still. So that is the biggest hurdle in landing him, but rest assured, we've all known by now that when Cohen has his eyes set on someone, He's going to do everything physically and humanly possible to acquire them. And, you know, I don't expect a Carlos Correa, you know, broken ankle type situation 2.0 here with Otani. So rest assured, if the interest is there, which we all know it is, uh, the Mets will at minimum do their due diligence and give a valiant effort in landing him. And should they not, especially, then you look at the Manny Machado. You know, I, I think either way, the Mets are in a strong position to land 
one of the top free agents next year. It's just a matter of if it's going to be the best player in baseball or is it going to be one of the best third basemen in the game? So, yeah, we'll discuss that more as we get closer to the trade deadlines, depending on where the Angels are at and things of that nature. But, yeah, they will certainly be involved. And to answer the second part, yeah, Cohen, I mean, it, everything that I say you know by now, right? He's just done an amazing job as Mets owner over the past couple of years. Um, I had the privilege of meeting him um, a couple months ago back in early January at a Mets event, and he was just, you know, exactly what you would expect him to be. I mean, just the fact that he goes so out of his way constantly to interact with fans, people, media, just really showing that the only difference between you and I and Cohen is the dollars in our net worth. Aside from that, the same interest level. But Josh Hart, 13 and a half points per game, shooting 60% from the field, one and a half steals per game, 6.8 rebounds per game right now during the postseason. How has he impacted the Knicks winning wise and overall, how do you think like he's just gelled with this team, especially Jalen Brunson? Oof, I mean, Nova Boys, Nova Boys, that that's that's what it is. Um, he he fit right in. He fit right in. Um, the narrative that it was a good pickup, but it wasn't a solid pick, it wasn't a great pickup because we had to give up a first round. I mean, he's putting that to bed. He's putting that to bed. He's juggling well with the guys. The guys love him. I mean, he's played with Julius Randle before when they were on the Lakers. Um, he's he's played with uh, Jalen Brunson when they were in Villanova. Like I said, Nova boys. Um, and again, he is a veteran that understands his presence. He knows that he's a really good defender. He knows that he can score. Uh, he knows that he can make everybody else better. And you saw that his first couple games. And after that, he 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 is a big piece to this team. Um, he is one of the reasons why the Knicks are where they're at. The Knicks finished where they were able to finish in the fifth seed because of his presence and what he was able to do on and off the off the ball, like on both sides of the ball. So I think he benefits well. You saw both in game three and game four what he was able to do defensively, how he was able to score. I mean, he takes it to the basket. And at the end of the day, these guys love him. I think with what what benefit a lot of people are always talking about. Oh, is Josh Hart going to start? I've always said, don't start him. If he comes off the bench and he's a big bench piece because we didn't have a bench piece like that, and he helps these young guys, it's going to work out. And you've seen that since he's been here in that trade. He's been such a big key, not only for the bench, but when he stays there in that starter, in that starting role, he helps Jalen Brunson. He Jalen Brunson finds him. Uh, uh, he moves the ball well. Um, he goes after every offensive rebound and defensive rebound. Like, this kid is a juggernaut in the paint. So, at the end of the day, he's been very, very, very helpful. He's been a big key to this team. I would not be surprised if the Knicks get him in the summer, um, you know, they pick up his contract in the summer. And at the end of the day, like I said, he's, he's going to be a very big key, especially now that if there's a possibility that Miami beats the Bucks and we end up, you know, finishing the the, the this round with, beating Cleveland and we play Miami, he is going to be a very big key in locking down Jimmy Butler. And I have confidence that he will because of the fact that he's locked down a lot of, you know, key big players in his career. So I think, you know, he's been a very, very good, a very good pickup has surprised a lot of people. And there's nothing that I can say. New York, New York. New York, oh, the Yankees suck. <laughs> they suck without Aaron Judge, at least. Let me put that up. What are they, 13 and 17 without Aaron Judge? 
this season. Yeah, who's who's your guy? Who's your go-to guy? Giancarlo Stanton, who's hitting less than 200. Anthony Rizzo, who's hitting less than 200 in the month of June. Is it Glaber Torres? Is it Anthony Volpe, who's hitting less than 200? I know he went two for four last night. Big whoop. Uh, but you know what, though? Volpe, since he has switched his swing, I'll talk about it a little bit later. Volpe has actually done pretty all right since uh, since really the Subway Series, since he's played the Mets. So maybe, actually, you're welcome, Yankees fans, for the fact that Anthony Volpe is starting to do good. So you should be thanking me. Where's my thank you? Jesus. But the Yankees are not that good without Aaron Judge. I mean, I think every Yankees fans knew that. But, I mean, all the Yankees fans have knew that. But, you know, now you're really seeing it. <sighs> Really seeing it. Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo this. When this shift is banned, he's going to be so good. Look at it. He's having a great start. The best start to his entire career. He's hitting over 300. Even I was saying that. He's hitting over 300. The Yankees are going to be outstanding this year. We have MVP Rizzo back and MVP Judge. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Stanton, he's on the IL. But when he comes back, we'll have three guys who are straight-up beast. But Stanton sucks, and Rizzo sucks, and Judge isn't here. And Judge carries this team. Let's be real. Judge carries this team. I got actually into a Twitter argument yesterday with somebody. They were like, who's better? Who, is Joey Otani the best baseball player alive? Like, no. It's Aaron Judge. Shohei Otani is nowhere near Aaron Judge. He's not. I get he can pitch and hit. But Otani doesn't make the postseason. Judge does. And Judge doesn't even pitch. Because he doesn't need to. Because he hits 62 home runs. Otani ain't doing that. Otani ain't hitting above 360 plus bombs. He ain't doing that. I'm sorry. Put it to bed. Judge is better than Otani. And it's he's not injury prone either. We saw every injury that judges had in his career are freak incidents. The one stadium with concrete on the field, Dodger Stadium. And where does Judge make a Gold Glove play uh, as a six foot? Was he six foot seven making that play, slamming his foot into concrete? Of course he's going to get hurt. It was an outstanding play. Anybody's going to get hurt. Now he might be done for the year. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But if he is, that's alarming. The Yankees got to make some moves because at the end of the day, the Yankees should make the postseason. The only thing that does suck is Carlos Rodon still hasn't pitched, and that's an interesting point that not a lot of people are talking about. What the hell is going on with this guy? Everything that happened, Carlos Rodon making progress, setback. Two weeks later. It's like COVID. He gets COVID with his arm every two weeks. Um, no, but seriously, though, if Judge does not come back after the All-Star break, this Yankees team is screwed, lineup-wise. Because pitching-wise, they're okay. Domingo Armand has gotten roughed up past couple starts, but if he can kind of just get on track and be okay, he doesn't need to be lights out, he just needs to be okay. Um, Severino needs to be Severino again. Cole, I'm not worried about Cole. I don't think any Yankees fan is. 8-1 and one this year. He's having a great year. 2.7 year, right? It has been taking a spike up a little bit for sure, but he's still 8-1, and one, and he's Garrett Cole. 
Um, Rodon, you'd like to see him pitch at some point in the year, but are, is anybody confident in that? So, but even without Rodon, the pitching is still good. And the bullpen too. Michael King has been good. Um, Tommy Canley back better than ever. Um, this bullpen is good. Wandy Peralta. Um, so, and Aaron Boone, hey, love him or hate him. The guy is the fact that they're still above 500 right now. The fact that they're still in the hunt for the, they're in the, they're in the wild card spot and, um, they're probably not going to lose it. I, I really don't think they will, even without judge, they're going to stay above 500 and they're going to be in the playoffs. They just need judge. if They want to get that world series ring. And cause that's what it is. It's not just every Yankee fan knows the goal. Isn't just to make the playoffs. You make the playoffs. Cool. That's the expectation. That's the expect. It's like the lowest expectation. Like that's the prerequisite. Like when you take in co- college courses, you need a prerequisite. That's the prerequisite is playoffs. And then the world series is the major that you want to take. And the Yankees need that world series. And they ain't getting it without judge. Now, I, it doesn't matter how much time Judge misses. If they get Judge back at some point this season, they're good because they just need to get to the playoffs. They just need to stay above water, tread water. I'm a lifeguard certified. If they need me, I could throw them a buoy here and there. Who needs to throw them the buoy? Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman needs to play lifeguard, and if Aaron, if Aaron Judge is actually out for a significant period of time, so like, let's not even a significant period of time, but like for another month, they're still going to need something. They're going to need something. Now Harrison Bader, he's came he's came off the IL, but he's not. He's a 250 career hitter. He's a playoff guy, and he's injury prone. This team needs Judge, and now that it doesn't have Judge, Brian Cashman needs to work some magic. He pulled in Billy McKinney, plugged him in. McKinney's doing all right, but you need somebody because McKinney's not going to be the guy who's carrying you i mean he's doing all right hitting above 300 since he's got here but you need more they need more so even when judge comes back wouldn't it be nice if aaron judge if i mean if it wasn't just aaron judge like i get the mets suck this year but like cohen's balling out he's not just one superstar he wants alonzo and lindor like shouldn't the yankees want judge and another guy and i know that other guy was supposed to be stanton i know but we all know Stanton isn't what he used to be. Stanton isn't the MVP Giancarlo Stanton anymore. And Anthony Rizzo, I mean, like I said before, the shift man is going to help Anthony Rizzo out so much. No, it's not. Not anymore. Anthony Rizzo needs Aaron Judge in that lineup for protection. It's a fact. So he's still he's Rizzo still got pop. He's still got pop. But when he's the best player in the lineup, He's got no protection. He's got no freaking protection. And Giancarlo Stanton, the 184 bad in average in 2023, that ain't cutting it. That is not cutting it. Now, this is a guy who has had 800 OPS seasons with the Yankees. He's a guy who showed up in multiple postseasons with the Yankees. He's actually carried them to the ALCS a couple times. But Stanton is also a guy with the Miami Marlins who hit 50-plus home runs and won an MVP. And that's who you traded for. He's a guy on a 10-year deal. 
This guy getting paid over $25 million a year. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure the exact amount, but he's getting paid astronomical numbers. Stanton is supposed to be not an MVP candidate, but he's supposed to be one of the top outfielders in baseball. And Stanton has been one of the worst players in baseball this year. So the fact that the Yankees are even treading water with Stanton sucking, Rizzo sucking, no Aaron Judge, shaky starts from Garrett Cole the past couple starts, Domingo Herman. The fact that they're staying afloat, and I know they lost last night, but the fact that they're staying afloat, and Yankees fans still think this guy Aaron Boone sucks. Brian Cashman, I get, but not so much because he finds guys like Billy McKinney. But to say that Aaron Boone is a bad manager or you want him gone, you are out of your goddamn mind. Your mi- your mind is lost. Aaron Boone has never missed the playoffs. He has never missed the playoffs. And without Aaron Judge, twice this year Aaron Judge has been on the IL. He remains above 500. He remains in a playoff spot. Where all while Giancarlo Stanton is hitting 184, all while Anthony Rizzo is hitting what is he hitting right now in the month of June? All while he's hitting 176. Two IL stints from Judge. And Aaron Boone still has the Yankees in a playoff spot. And Yankees fans want him gone. I don't understand. Aaron Boone might actually be one of the best managers in the game of baseball. If he wins, let's say Aaron Boone in the next three years. Let's let's paint this picture. Because he's not going anywhere in the next three years if they continue to go to the playoffs. But in the next three years, let's say the Yankees win a World Series ring. First off, every Yankees fan will say, Aaron Boone's the greatest manager in Yankees history. That's what they'll say. Um, And then, two, um, Aaron Boone will be one of the best managers in the game of baseball, at least today. Maybe not in the history of the Yankees, because the Yankees have a lot of great managers. But Yankees fans will say that because, you know, this generation's Yankees fans are just quick to say everything, you know, like my boys, Sean, Matt, Jacob, Pardo, you guys, bad Yankee fans. Um, Yeah, anyways, even Rocco. Remember Rocco? I remember when you said Anthony Volpe would be better than Francisco Lindor. I remember that. Um, And by all means, Lindor is hitting 226 this year, but Volpe ain't hitting 16 home runs. Um, and hitting three, three. Well, I mean, you know, both of them are actually having pretty good the last 10 games. So both shortstops are heating up. That's pretty cool, actually. But the point I'm trying to make is Aaron Boone is not a bad manager. The fact that you're still in a playoff position with Rizzo sucking, Stanton sucking, and no Aaron Judge. I mean, Billy McKinney is in your freaking lineup right now. Billy McKinney, and I know you lost last night, but what are you you gonna lose some games with this roster? But it would help. It would for sure help if these two guys, Anthony Rizzo and John Carlos Stan, could start picking up some slack because it is alarming. It is alarming when they are 13 and 17 without Aaron Judge. Next show, I do want to talk about a lot more. I'm gonna wrap it up. Um, I am hitting that hour mark soon in about nine minutes. So I'm going to wrap it up. But next show, I do want to talk about this, though. So I'm going to give it a little preview. Brooklyn Nets, let's talk about them in the offseason. 
We're going to be talking Jalen Brunson next uh, next episode. Going to be talking about Julius Randle. Going to be talking about Obi Toppin. And then we're going to flip it to uh, football too, which I'm really excited for to get back into football talk. I want to talk about a little bit of Jets. A little bit of Garrett Wilson, a little bit of Brees Hall, top their top five potential. I want to talk about Zach Wilson next show a lot. Is he a reliable backup quarterback? Um, and then I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, obviously, too. And Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, I definitely want to talk about, especially because is he going to be showing up for minicamp soon? And then their defense is actually really good. Really good. I mean, when you think about it, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Olajari, uh, Bobby Okirik, Leonard Williams. God, uh, did I mention Kayvon Thibodeau already? They just brought in Deontay Banks from the draft. This defense got guys. Dexter Lawrence, I didn't even mention. That's my twos. W- one of the best defensive linemen in all football, if not the best defensive lineman in football right now. But, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to be talking about next episode. So make sure you tune in for that. Probably going to be going live. I'm not sure. Let's say probably Friday or Saturday sometime. But yeah, thanks for watching. If you're listening right now and you're not subscribed, subscribe. I don't know where the music went, but you're probably already subscribed because we got loyal people. Um, yeah, I'm gonna shout out some other some other guys real quick. Make sure you go check out PNY. Always a good guy. Always watching my lives. Always showing support. I'm gonna show him the same love back. Make sure you go check out Interstate Mets Report 2. Him and Amish Country Met. Nelson is really good with his Mets stuff as well. He knows a lot of Mets. Um, make sure you go check that out. They just had their debut show yesterday. Make sure you also go te- check out my guy, Morning Brew Support. Those guys have got really good stuff. Nick's Morning Brew. They just had Nick Nike app a couple nights ago. Um, but yeah, make sure you go check those guys out. And uh, yeah, that's all I'm almost uh, for today. But. Tony Brito on the mound tonight for the Yankees. Brito for the Yankees. Kodai for the Mets. Hopefully that means the best. I'm corny. All right, signing off. Deuces.